Chapter 20 The Trouble with Movies You made it work for Ed Helms. You need to make it work for me. The Office was the biggest comedy hit on NBC during the fifth season, which led to many of the leads getting offers to star in movies. Scheduling had always been a problem since the 40-year-old virgin turned Steve Carell into an A-lister shortly after the show began. But now that Rain Wilson, Jenna Fisher, John Krasinski, and Ed Helms were landing major parts as well, finding the time to create the show that made them famous in the first place became an enormous challenge for the producers. Randy Cordray Agents and managers were constantly calling me and saying, my client needs out for this job. He's being offered a guest spot on this particular show. Or he's being offered a cameo or a role in a feature film during these dates. Can you accommodate? So my job was to build the calendar each year, taking all of this into account. Ken Whittingham I remember an executive even saying one time, we'd do a movie about a lampshade if Steve Carell was involved. Randy Cordray Greg felt that it was essential to try to accommodate these actors in these various roles and their scheduling conflicts as best as our ability. Now, we had first position on all of these people, mind you. They were contractually obligated to the office. So it was a courtesy to try to spring them from our shooting schedule to go do these other projects. Ken Quapis. There were definitely points where production really had to bend over backward to accommodate cast members wanting to work on a feature. Rusty Mahmood. A couple of times we had to shut down production because Steve did a couple back-to-back -back movies. This is how much he was loved. The crew was fine with it. Being laid off for six months is a hard thing to do. You have to find another job, but you don't want to do another job that's going to jeopardize coming back to the office. So a lot of people just were out of work. But it was like, it's for Steve, and Steve deserves this. And then, okay, we're gonna do this. Randy Cordray. We made the show easy for Steve. It was uh, an unwritten rule that we always gave Steve three-day weekends. This was not in his contract. This was something that I worked out with the assistant director. We always gave Steve a Monday or a Friday off so that he could have a three-day weekend with his kids and his family. Steve is a very strong family guy. Loves his children, loves to take them to school and participate in activities with them. And so it was an unwritten rule that we would always give Steve a three-day weekend. These were the perks of being number one on the call sheet. Kate Flannery It had to be tough for Steve. He's such a trooper, though. But he was always doing award shows and things like the Kennedy Center. It was crazy. He was always doing something wonderful. Randy Cordray. They set Steve's yearly schedule a year in advance, and they told us what that schedule would be. We built our schedule around that, and it never varied. There was almost never a situation where, at the last minute, his manager Steve Sauer would call me and say, 
Hey, can you spring Corel for this or that? That rarely happened. It often happened with the rest of the cast, but Steve almost never. Carrie Bennett I remember Steve being so exhausted when he was making that movie about Noah. 2007's Evan Almighty. I look back at those episodes near the end of season two, and he looks so tired to me. They once made him go through a four-hour costume fitting before he came into work. He actually slipped down the stairs of his trailer one time and tore his suit just out of sheer exhaustion. He was working at such a fever pitch, and it broke my heart, really, that he had to endure that moment. Oscar Nunez In the third season, Comedy Central wanted to buy a show that I did, which I would be in, but I didn't want to leave the office. I asked Steve Carell what should I do, and he said, Oscar, do everything. That's not your problem. Let your managers and agents take care of the scheduling and all that stuff. Work as much as you can. Do everything that you can. And we said yes to both things. And then Greg Daniels was so cool that he gave me time off. And the way he gave me time off was Gay Witch Hunt, where Oscar's character is given a paid vacation so he won't sue the company after Steve outs him to the entire office and forcibly kisses him. That same season, John Krasinski was offered a leading role in the George Clooney 1920s football movie, Leatherheads. It was his biggest movie offer up until that point, and he was dying to do it. But there was one problem. Kim Ferry. It would have meant cutting his hair into a 1920s hairstyle, but continuity-wise and contractually-wise, actors are obligated to keep their hair how it is for a series unless they get producer approval, of course. But it would have been cutting his hair super short, which would mean getting rid of the wings on the side and his long hair. He came to me and said, could we do a wig? He went to talk to them and said, I really want to do this project. And they were like, I think it would be obvious that it was a wig. Greg really felt like it won't look like him. If he couldn't get a haircut, he'd have to tell George Clooney that he couldn't take the part. Desperate for a solution... He gave Kim Ferry money from his own pocket to make an elaborate wig without telling any of the producers. Kim Ferry Hiring a wig maker is not inexpensive. We did the fitting in his trailer, and when it was done, it looked amazing. It looked exactly like him. We were shooting him playing basketball at David Wallace's house, cocktails, and no one knows that I have this wig hidden in my side of the trailer now. He comes in, I put the wig on him, glue it down, take care of everything, and I go, okay, let's do this, right? And he's like, let's do this. J.J. Abrams. I have no memory of any of this. Kim Ferry. The next day, he was going to go in and watch dailies with them and then basically say, hey, guess what? That's a wig. It does look like me. But he didn't do that. The plan shifted. John just vanished when the scene finished filming, and I heard he drove back to the set. I jump in my car, and I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, what's he going to do? So I run over, and I remember running up the stairs because the writer's office was up on the top level. I walk down the hallway, and my heart is pounding. I'm like, oh, my God, what is happening? I walk in the room, and Greg Daniels is sitting at his desk. I look at John, and the wig is off. It's sitting on Greg's desk. 
John told me later that Greg said to him, John, I'll know if it's a wig. You can't fake that kind of thing. As he's staring at him with the wig on. And then John's like, really? I don't think you would. And he takes it off right in front of him. And then Greg said, you win. I give you full permission to wear the wig. When I came in, Greg said to me, you guys have a lot of balls. For a minute, I really thought I was going to get fired. About two years later, Ed Helms was offered one of the lead parts in The Hangover. Randy Cordray. It was being shot in Las Vegas, and Greg Daniels had the opinion that it was good for the office that our cast would be out doing these other projects because it would bring eyeballs back to the office. I negotiated with Ed Helms's management a couple of months on this. How it ended up shaking out was that basically all during October and November of that year, we only had Ed Helms on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. They would fly him to Las Vegas on Friday, and on Monday night he'd catch a red eye and come back to us. It caused an enormous amount of scheduling difficulties to not just slot any Andy scenes into just Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, but whatever scenes Andy played with other actors, you had to cross-check the calendar to see if there were conflicts. It made the show infinitely more complex and difficult to schedule, and I can't say it did not affect other people's schedules. Making huge allowances for Steve Carell was one thing, but Helms didn't join the cast until the third season and was therefore number 13 on the call sheet. Randy Cordray If there were conflicts, people would say, Hey, why can't I have that day off? I need to do this project. I'd have to say, I'm very sorry, that's a day that we only have Ed Helms, and you perform with Ed Helms in this scene, and that's the day we need to shoot it. They'd go, but Ed Helms is number 13 on the call sheet, and I am higher than him. I want to tell you that I didn't have a lot of these arguments, but occasionally I did, and it presented scheduling difficulties. Nothing was compromised about that, but it opened the floodgate for subsequent seasons. When other actors would do projects, they would go, Hey, you made it work for Ed Helms. You need to make it work for me. And that was a valid argument. I couldn't very well shoot that down. <laughs> 